How are you this morning? Hey, I am excited about next week being together for Easter. Um, great, great day to invite a friend or a neighbor to join us. Um, it is going to be a great, great day. So I'm um, looking forward to that. There's a man who had two sons. The younger son went to his father and said, Father, give me my share of the estate. And so he divided up the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, and he set off for a distant country. There he squandered his wealth on wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him into his field to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the food the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his census, he thought, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to him, he threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. And the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate because this son of mine was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. And so they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was out in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. And he called to one of the servants and asked, what was going on? Your brother has come home, the servant replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he said to his father, I have never once disobeyed your orders. And yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who squandered your property on prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. The father said to the son, My son, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost. And now he is found. And the story is a story of two very different yet very similar journeys. 
The journey of a younger son who decides he can make it on his own, who leaves home, leaves the father's world behind him, and sets off to make it on his own. But when he finds himself there in that place, he comes to the realization that he cannot do it on his own, and he needs the help of the father. And he sets off on this journey back home to earn his his place in the Father's house. To prove that he belongs with the Father. One son who is obviously lost. And then yet another son who never left home. And doesn't even realize he's lost. But he thinks through his goodness, he has been able to earn the father's love and approval. Because he's not like the younger son who squandered and wasted everything. But both of these journeys, self-discovery and moral conformity, leave the brothers on the outside of the father's house looking in. Because both brothers want what the father has more than they want the father. They want his inheritance, his blessing, his acceptance, his love, his grace. More than they want to be with the father. And as I said, both journeys leave the sons on the outside of the father's house looking in. Both sons longing for the father and longing for home. There was a man who had three sons. See, that's how the story really begins. There was a man who had three sons. But did you see the third son? The third son's a little more difficult to see. Back when I was in high school, um, they began making computer-generated art. And and this computer-generated art was just amazing. Um, And one of them was called a stereogram. Here's a picture real briefly of a stereogram. And the first time I ever saw a stereogram, the first time I ever saw it, you can go, there you go, first time I ever saw one of these um, was before they actually could put them on screens, and someone printed a massive poster and put it in a frame, and they held it up and said, look at this, and if you stare at it long enough, you're going to start to see an image that emerges because it's 3D art. And so I stared at it, and I stared at it, And I made faces as I stared at it, and I probably looked constipated, but I stared, and I stared, and I stared, and I never saw anything. And I thought, that's ridiculous. That is a hoax. There is nothing there. I I thought it was April Fool's, right? I thought people were playing a trick on me, because they were staring at this image saying, oh, I see, there's a giraffe, or there's a dolphin, and I never saw it. And it was years and years later 
when I figured it out. Like I had to have someone kind of teach me and talk to me about how it is that you see this image. So I want you to look at it. There we go. And I want you to stare at this image. I've not done it in here on these screens. But if you'll stare at it, kind of let your eyes go blurry. It's funny to hear people explain this. Anyone see it? (laughs) Can you see it? What, what is it? Does anyone see it? No, not a fish. Can anyone see it? It's a tricycle. <laughs> in, in the very center of the image, there's a tricycle. And it's 3D. It, it's, I will say it's a lot harder to do on these screens than if you have it right, right in front of you. But if you, you see it, anyone? No one? Okay, a whole bunch of fish. <laughs> there, you know there's a couple of people raising their hand like, yeah, I, I see it. No. But this is, this is reality. Okay, there really is a 3D tricycle right in the center of the artwork. And and you have to have these eyes to see it. And the story that we just looked at is one with kind of a hidden image. One that you really have to look at closely to see. And what was interesting about these brothers and their journey is they tell different stories. Right? The, the younger son tells this story that he deserves what his father had, and he sets off to make it on his own. And when he arrives, he realizes he can't, and the story he begins to tell himself now is, I'm not worthy to be with the father, and so I've got to work to earn my way back to the father. But the older son tells a story that's really similar. It's that not that I'm unworthy, but I am worthy. Because I have been better than my brother. I deserve the father's acceptance. I deserve the father's blessing. I deserve to belong in the house of the father. But the father tells a different story about both of them. As the son comes home with this homecoming speech prepared to work his way back into the father's good graces, he says, my son has come home. And he runs to his son and he throws his arms around him and he says, my son, I love you. And he reminds the older son that you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate this homecoming. 
So as I told you last week, this story is actually a part of a bigger story that's being told by Luke. It's a bigger story, and whose story that you listen to is dependent on your ability to see the third son in the story. Your ability to see. And so he starts out with this story of a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. And he wants you to see these three stories that fit together. But the stories actually begin with a really important detail. In verse 1 of chapter 15, it says this, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So you remember last week, we had a bunch of teenagers up on stage. And we had one group over here that was the tax collectors and the sinners. No, actually, they were on this side, weren't they? The tax collectors and the sinners. And then we had another group over here that was the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And then Jesus, in the midst of this, tells a story about a shepherd who had these hundred sheep and loses one of the sheep. So he leaves the 99 to go search for the one. And when he finds the one, he celebrates the fact that this sheep has been found. He brings it home on his shoulders and he invites his neighbors and friends and says, let's celebrate this sheep of mine that was lost is now found. And then he tells a second story about a woman with these ten coins who loses one of them, and because she's lost one, she lights a lamp, and she sweeps the house, and she looks everywhere for it until she finds this lost coin. So you have one who's lost a sheep and goes and searches for it until he finds it, and then when he finds it, he celebrates it. And you have a woman who's lost a coin, and she looks and searches for it everywhere until she finds it. And when she finds it, she celebrates it. And then you have an older brother who's lost his younger brother. And when he loses his younger brother, he refuses to go and search for his brother. And not only does he refuse to go search for his brother, he refuses to celebrate the fact that his brother has come home. And, And one of these stories is not like the other. Loses a sheep, searches for it, celebrates it. Loses a coin, searches for it, celebrates it. Loses a son or a brother and refuses to go and search. But the point I hope you were able to see last week 
is that these characters in the story are stand-ins for a bigger story. You have the tax collectors and sinners who are a bunch of younger brothers. You have the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who are a bunch of older brothers. And you have home. Home is where the Father is. And you have a feast that is the kingdom of God. And a part of this story, you have a third son who perfectly reflects the heart of the Father. Who sees a bunch of younger brothers and he runs to them. He leaves his home and runs to them and he throws his arms around them and welcomes them home. Can you see it? So, so what I want you to do, we're going we're to do another stereogram. But I'm, I'm pretty sure you can see this one. I, I just want you to stare at the text. This is the story we've been working with, right? And I just want you to stare at the text for a moment. Can you see it? There's a third son in the story. And this son looks just like the father. Because this son sees his younger brother and his older brothers hurting and struggling, and searching, and trying to feel like they belong in the Father's house. And this son, just like the Father, leaves home and runs to embrace those who are lost. And he gives up everything to have them back. And we begin the series with this definition of prodigal, right? It's recklessly extravagant, having spent everything. What if the true prodigal in the story is not the younger son? But the Father. The one who spent everything for you and I to belong in the Father's house. To have a place with the Father. Who, who spent everything, who gave up all He had so that you and I would know you are always 
with me. Everything I have is yours. As he welcomes these brothers home. And I think the question that this story brings with it is whose story will you believe? Will you believe the story that you tell about yourself? That you have to work your way back into the good graces of the Father? Or that you have been better than everyone else, so obviously you belong? Or will you believe the Father's story? You are always with me. And everything I have is yours.